What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11. As always, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Uh, super pumped about today's guest. Had a great conversation uh, with Miss Michaela Peterson. And I've been following Michaela's journey for, for quite a while. And uh, it's an interesting journey that she, she talks about here on the podcast and how she uh, essentially healed herself coming out of severe rheumatoid arthritis and, and anxiety and depression and um, just so many things that she was able to battle and pull herself out of. She's now a, a 28-year-old mom and, and CEO of Luminate Enterprises and um, helps run her dad's business. Of course, we talk about Mr. Jordan Peterson uh, on the podcast quite a bit, and, and she's essentially running his business uh, now for the day-to-day, but also spreading the word uh, just about looking at life differently in general. And she uses um, kind of her journey, her struggle, her kind of dietary um, journey to to all kind of spread an even bigger message. She's also going to be one of our speakers here at TEDx Roseville in the fall, which I'm absolutely excited about. So I think you're going to really like this episode with Miss Michaela Peterson. We will go recording live with Miss Michaela Peterson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having really me good. on. Man, thank you for taking the time. And you said you're Airbnb. Are you guys in Florida? Yeah, Fort right Lauderdale. Now? Okay, okay. Not a bad area. That's Fort Lauderdale every once in a while. It's not a bad area to have to stay. No, no. It's better than Toronto right now, apparently. It's less locked down, which I think is, is, is a at least good more thing. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think we're of the uh, I think we're of the same mindset with that, man. We're about done with all of this house arrest deal, man. We're, we're you know, yeah, no bueno. One of the no. bummers of the whole thing is it's shifted. Um, you know, obviously we've got the school that has had to lock down and go virtual, but it's also shifted our TEDx Roseville, right? It's pushed out the yeah. date, uh, um, which that's a bummer, but. I think we're looking good and especially our county has gotten some good directors. So I think we're looking good for the fall. So um, it should be good and excited to have you there speaking. Yeah, I'm really excited about that too. I'm looking forward to it. I didn't know how far it was going to have to be pushed into the future, but I'm glad your county looks good. Yeah, county looks all right. And we've been having it. It's been funky, man, dealing with not just our county and our state, but then with Ted overall and kind of how they've been, you know, kind of watching the whole thing. It's just made for a, a funky situation. But I think fall, man, we're looking good. So it'll be great. We've got a good lineup of speakers and uh, it'll be fun to to hear your story. And so speaking of your story, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about that. I mean, obviously I want to talk about what you're doing and what you do from the day to day and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the things that I, I was telling you offline that I think is most fascinating about your story of healing and you taking charge of that um, is just phenomenal. So give give people just kind of a little, the, the X-Men origin story of, of Michaela Peterson. Okay. So um, my background is when I was seven, I was formally diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was everywhere except for my spine. I had it extremely severely. Uh, I was put on immune suppressants. I took immune suppressants for like 15 years. Um, I I got sicker and sicker the older I got. So seven was the arthritis. And then when I was, you know, 12, I got diagnosed with really severe depression. I was mm. having a, a number of psychiatric symptoms. I was 12 and then 14, chronic fatigue. Um, and by the time, so when I was 17, I had my hip and ankle replaced from the arthritis, which wasn't properly kept under control with the immune suppressants. My body was just going absolutely haywire. Um, And then I went to university, I got sicker and I started, it started affecting my skin. So at that point I had symptoms almost everywhere. I didn't have any organs other than skin involved. Um, And when I was 19 kind of, and it started hitting my skin, I thought, okay, I'm, I have to start Googling. So I just started Googling, reading scientific papers, mostly on kind of skin disorders and what could be causing this. And it wasn't until I was 23 that I kind of got hooked into how diet could possibly be playing a role. And throughout, throughout my whole life, I was told mostly by the medical community that diet had absolutely nothing to do with Mm -hmm. my chronic diseases, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And my mom brought it up a number of times in doctor's appointments. And it's like, oh, you know, I'd, I had a particularly bad flare up when I was in grade three. And one of my mom's friends had said, hey, did she start eating anything new? And I was like, yeah, she just had a box of uh, tangerines. Like I had, Eddie, I like tangerines. I had yeah, like yeah. the whole box and I had this terrible flare up. And so we, we figured out when I was in grade three, I think it was, that I couldn't really eat oranges for some reason. 
But other than that, we just kind of stopped with that. Yeah. It's like oranges cause flare-ups. No idea we'll, why. We'll we won't really down. Well, yeah. And we talked to the doctors and they just like, my rheumatologist literally laughed at my mom about that association. And then after that, we just didn't really think about it because I don't know why it was just, it was too complicated. So, um, I came to the conclusion when I was 23, after reading a whole bunch of scientific articles, I, I'd probably at that point read 1500 different articles on skin. Yeah. And I came across one linking gluten and celiac disease to yep. this type of rash. And I thought, oh my God, that's the rash I've been experiencing for years, like finally. And so I cut gluten out really strictly and didn't see a huge improvement. Um, and then in 2015, decided to go on an elimination diet that I kind of just came up with. I eliminated what I would have assumed with really no dietary knowledge, sure. but what were more inflammatory uh, foods or things people might be allergic to. Um, so I cut out everything obvious like wheat and soy and um, dairy, probably dairy, the, dairy, eggs, yeah, like yeah, the things yeah. that, you know, shellfish, like those, right, 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 right. Uh, those allergenic foods. But I also went down to something that now is more talked about. It was something that was like a very, very restrictive paleo diet. Yeah. Um, and I saw and I was super, super skeptical because I really didn't think diet had anything to do with it. I was hoping it had something to do with the rashes I was experiencing, but that was pretty much it. Right. And in the first month I experienced a number of my symptoms went away. Um, so it happened really quickly. Thank goodness. Cause I probably wouldn't have stuck with it if it hadn't. If it hadn't. Sure. Yeah. So it was like three weeks and I lost two pant sizes and five pounds, which wasn't a lot three pant sizes and five pounds. So it was like, how is, how does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, but it was like chronic bloating, which I didn't even yep. know I had had. So there was that. And then my joints felt better at that point. I'd actually stopped taking the immune suppressants because I'd wanted to monitor my flare ups without having medication. Yeah. Cause I was like, you yeah, know, get I a cut out response. Exactly. Like you yeah. cut out gluten. It was like, if gluten's the cause, then I have to be off of my medications to see if my arthritis is going to be worse. Right. So I'd cut out the immune suppressants at that point and my joints felt better that month. Um, and that's, like I said, I was eating, you know, sweet potatoes, some root vegetables. I wasn't eating potatoes because I cut out nightshades just in case. Like sure. I, I cut out everything just in case. Um, but it was like a month and I saw um, huge improvements and my skin healed. Um, my joints felt better. And I wasn't bloated. Like I had yeah. abs at the end of the month. And I yeah. was like, those have just been there. Yeah. So. And how was the, how was yeah. the mental side of that too? I mean, obviously you've got all these, so these markers that are indicative of, of less inflammation, obviously flowing throughout mm -hmm. your body, but the mental side of that too, were you experiencing anything as, as far as like the clarity, the moods, like were there less yeah. shifts? Like what did that look like? Um, so for the first month, the only thing that really changed is I have a very difficult time remembering, um, about the five years prior to my dietary changes, I was on a lot of Adderall. I was taking a lot of medications and I was yeah. really sick. And so I have a very hard time remembering kind of 2015 and before. Yeah. And that September when I cut out those foods, I remember that September like very well. Yeah. My mood didn't seem to improve. My fatigue levels didn't seem to improve. Um, my, my depression didn't seem to improve, mm -hmm. but I can remember that September. So that was... At the time, I didn't notice because you obviously don't know that you're not going to remember something when it's sure. happening. So that was September. It wasn't actually until December when so, – so anyway, so I keep going. Yeah. And then I try and reintroduce some foods that are more inflammatory, and I have big autoimmune flare-ups, which I hadn't been expecting at all. And it's autoimmune, and they're a bit delayed, so it's not like I eat something immediately and fit, feel sick. It was – you know, it would take a number of days up to a week for my arthritis to get worse. Right. So that – made things really complicated and I was taking notes on mostly on Google keep every day of all my symptoms, um, trying to come up with some sort of pattern. And it wasn't until December. So three months into this very limited kind of paleo diet that, um, my fatigue levels and my depression lifted and my depression never budged. Like it hadn't budged since I was 12. So, and this was December when it gets darker out and people generally, you know, if they have seasonal affective disorder or anything yeah. like that, they generally been, get yeah. worse. Exactly. And mine got better. It was December. 
And I was walking around like smiling, thinking, oh, I didn't, you know, I had always looked at people on the street who were smiling, walking down the street, like they were crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you, like you shouldn't right. just, if there's nothing to smile about, why are you happy? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I was that person walking down the street, smiling, being like, wow, so this is what like life yeah, can feel like. Yeah, it feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So that was December. Um, and then the next year got really weird, like as if that wasn't weird enough. And I was shocked too, because I really d didn't, I thought, okay, maybe the rash. And then I thought maybe the arthritis, but yeah. I didn't think that this like chronic depression could budge considering I'd really never had any up and ups and downs. It had yeah. just constantly been there. Um, unlike the arthritis, which had had flare ups. So you could think, okay, maybe flares are contributing or are caused by something, but something that's just solidly there. Yeah. Um, that was much more surprising that that lifted. So I started reintroducing foods and every time I reintroduced, it seemed almost every time I reintroduced a food, I had horrible symptoms. Um, and at this point I'd actually stopped all of the medications. So I stopped taking Adderall as soon as the fatigue went away. Right. I stopped taking the antidepressants as soon as the depression went away. Yeah. Um, I went off of everything for the first time in my life. And well, since I was seven, seven and seven. yeah, which is quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I had these horrible autoimmune responses every time I tried to reintroduce something and I was going to immunologists and my rheumatologist um, saying, Hey, I'm having horrible responses to food. And at this point it was very, very early 2016. And there wasn't a lot now that I'm more in the paleo kind of community, right. I know all those people, but there wasn't a lot of talk about it. Like yep. certainly keto wasn't really that sure. big in 2016. Right. right. Um, so I was Googling, you know, these weird reactions I was having, the food sensitivities, like what kind of immune response is this? And I just couldn't find anything. I was like, how am I the only person? Like, how is this not on Google? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's this happening? So, um, anyway, fast forward. Um, I'm doing the carnivore diet now. So right, yep. right now what I'm eating is beef, basically yeah. lamb beef. Um, and I got to that because I was on this restrictive diet. I kept trying to reintroduce foods. Every time I reintroduced something, I'd have you know, a three week long autoimmune response with arthritis and rashes and severe depression, um, like just body pain, fatigue, whatever. So I decided not to reintroduce anything for a while because yeah. I'd rather be healthy and sane on a li limited diet than unhealthy with more foods. Um, and then I got pregnant. And that limited diet I had stopped working and my autoimmune symptoms came back. And I thought, how, how, yeah, how is this even possible? I'm eating 17 foods. Like, how am I reacting to, you know, sweet potatoes, lettuce, right. those kind of things now. Um, and so first I cut out the more carby things. So I got rid of all the fruit I was eating, which was just apples, pears, kind of. I got rid of that and the sweet potatoes. So I was only eating meat and greens. And I did that for a year. And I was pregnant. People kept telling me I was going to end up with, you know, nutrient deficiencies. Sure. sure. Where are you getting calcium if you're not drinking milk? Of course. Oh, God. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so um, <laughs> I, four months after my daughter was born, because I thought also I thought maybe these symptoms were caused by pregnancy or something, something because people get joint pain and right. any. Right. Yeah. So, so I thought maybe it's the there's pregnancy. definitely a hormonal response that goes on, obviously, during the pregnancy and stuff. So you. you, you oh, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A whole bunch, a whole bunch of things happen. So my autoimmune symptoms, anyway, didn't uh, didn't lessen when she was born. So four months into that, I basically dropped a salad. And at this point, it was really I was thought I was getting all my like necessary vitamins from like lettuce. I was just eating like meat and lettuce and like organic apple cider vinegar, olive oil, salt and pepper. Yeah. So just dropping those and going to the meat diet. Yeah. Made, uh, made an immense difference to my autoimmune symptoms. And it was like a week in and my joints felt better and I stopped being as itchy because I was having these rashes again. Um, and my mood was a bit more stable, yeah. but it took me four, five months on the diet for the depression to go away this time, which yeah. was interesting because the first time I removed all those foods, it was three months you know, after like, yeah. you know, 15 years, it only took three months. And then this time it took five months and the depression lessened. 
And then it took another, sorry, six weeks and the depression went away and five months till the anxiety left. Gotcha. Do you think, and could that have been maybe something with postpartum and, and all that? I mean, who knows, but uh, is that? Who, who knows? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and at that time, I was having relationship troubles. My sure. dad was under a lot of pressure. Sure. Like there were definitely other causes, right. but I think that the six weeks for the depression and the five months for anxiety, I think yeah. that that was accurate without all those external factors. Yeah. And I've spoken with a lot of people who had psychiatric illnesses who've gone to the carnivore diet yeah. and a shocking number of them experienced the same six weeks and then five months with different yeah, different levels of recovery. So interesting, man. And and I know from, so about a year or a little, a little less than a year ago, I guess, Dave Rubin was out here with us and, um, you know, we had a, we spent a day with him for an event that we were doing and, um, he and I, I felt, I felt bad. He's like, okay, he's like, let's go get some food. So we go to get some breakfast and, um, and he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm trying to, you know, keep towards like the paleo side and yeah. <laughs> it was just early enough, but like literally nothing was open and we're driving around and we're going to these restaurants and everything's closed. And he's like, let's just go over there. And I'm like, what did you just point? Did you just point to the bagel? He's like, dude, let's just go get a bagel. Let's just go get some bagels. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm throwing this off for you all the way around. So we went in there and was, we're sitting there eating bagels. He's like, dang it. He's like, I broke down. I'm eating these bagels. He's like, and he, he mentioned your dad. And he was like, I've been watching Jordan. And he's like, just got this endless amount of energy. And he's yeah. started talking about how he'd been on this kind of carnivorous, you know, sort of swing and stuff too. And, and, um, but how it was, it was playing out well for playing out well for your dad too. And it's, it's neat though to see so many people now talking about it and willing to give it a shot. Yeah. And actually yeah. you mentioned, you know, that wasn't a thing that, that people were discussing and now you got, you know, Saldino and you've got Mike Mutzel and you've got all these guys that are putting out, you know, solid evidence around not just mm -hmm. the N equals one and, and, you know, Sean Baker really kind of brought it to the forefront, but not just that N equals one, but there's, there's a lot of people, man. Uh, and it's cool yeah. to see. It really yeah, is. it's really cool to see. And I think one of the most important parts about people talking about it is the community because mm -hmm. it's less, it's less important for me now, now that I'm comfortable with it. Right. But when you first cut out foods, like it's totally socially isolating for sure. And, and, and everyone around you is like, not only are you trying to heal yourself and having all these doubts in your head about whether or not this behavior is reasonable, right. but then everyone around you is saying, you know, Oh, you, like that's rude and crazy. Dude, they freak out. And it's like, yeah. you probably would have less pushback if you're like, hey, everybody, by the way, I just joined a sex cult. And everybody would be like, oh, okay, that's a little weird. You know, but like you get less pushback <laughs> from that. It's a little weird. But saying like, hey, I don't need to do you. anymore. You know, like yeah. people oh, God, yeah. lose their mind. But a lot yeah. of it, and you, and you alluded to this earlier too, and this is one of the things that, it, it shifted, it started shifting a paradigm for me too. Like I had just graduated, um, from, from my university out here and, and I had zero idea what I ever wanted to do. Right. So I had done kinesiology, um, because I liked sports. Right. So it was like, okay, well, let's see. And let's see how the human body works a, a little bit. Um, very, a very small amount of that whole degree program had anything to do with nutrition, right? I took like a semester of a nutrition class. It was very basic, very general. And I remember walking out there going, okay, well, that's basically kind of what I've just been told my whole life, but there really wasn't anything involved. Um, I was in the same era. I was at Chico state, which at that time, that's where Rob Wolf lived. And I know you're, if you're you know, familiar with the community, you're familiar with Rob. And I remember going to a seminar that Rob had and in that seminar as he's talking about nutrition and he's kind of going down all these and he's saying all these first of all i learned more in that day than i learned yeah i bet i mean no, it wasn't even close right like it wasn't even close like it blew the whole semester of the nutrition class away one of the things that was interesting there were multiple doctors who were in that seminar as well and they were like rob this is not anything like I'm, yeah. I deal with so many patients. This is nothing we were ever to, like food doesn't matter. It's bedside manner. And then what is the pharmaceutical response mm -hmm. that we need for this? You know, what is the, what is the drug that we need to push? What is, and that was really one of the first things for me as a young 20 something going, hold on a second. They went through all these years and they're saying they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. You know, and that was a big paradigm shift for, for me in general to start going down that. I'm glad it's starting to be something more widely talked about. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier for people. I mean, yeah. it completely yeah. blew my mind. Like first, first was the, 
oh, food actually has something to do with my illnesses. And that was like, that took me three years to get over. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Um, What was next? Food has something to do with it. And then, oh, maybe it's not just me. That was a huge one. And then, oh, just because doctors say something doesn't mean it's true. Hey, right. That was a huge one. And then, I mean, it got to the point where it was like, oh, we can survive off of meat and it actually makes me healthier without yeah. vegetables. It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. I can't, it's like, there's just too many, too many things have changed uh, in my brain for me to even like, I, yeah. I couldn't take the subway for a while. When I first, when I first went through all this, I got into the subway one day and this was when my depression first went away and I was just like, you know, you're, I was the sane for the first time in my entire life. And I got on the subway and there are people who are like sleeping, like overweight and sleeping. And I was looking at them thinking how many of the people on the subway train are suffering every day, haven't ever known what it's like to not suffer and just think that that's their life. And they're going to live their entire life like that and then die. And I, and I like, I got off the subway and then I didn't take the subway train for like three months because it was just like everywhere I looked, I was like, there's people suffering and maybe they don't know that they don't have to. Yes. It was just, oh, God. Acceptance. It's this mass acceptance of what we consider normal. Right. And then anybody that's challenging that, it, it throws it all off. And I hate this, this term that's getting kicked around right now, the new normal. Dude, frick, I, I hate that. Like, I absolutely hate the new normal as in like, look, your life's going to get worse, but it's okay. We're all going to get worse together. Like, no, that sucks. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. so many different areas of life, you know, including obviously the physical health component where it's like, look, man, you don't have to accept what's considered the normal. There is, you know, the potential to explore something else and Hey, that might make your life better. You know I mean? That's that really could. And of course, you know, act in, with with the school and just act in our network in general that's our whole challenge to the models of schooling and what schooling has become and what you know education has become and we're going oh, look god yeah know, there's there's something different there's something better that can prepare your young heroes to go on and tackle life and it's been great you know i know acting as a network um we've got the the jordan peterson fellowship too there you know the the, the fellows program with our acting mba program and and it's yeah been great. And, you know, it's people like you, people like that, people that are out saying, look, there are better ways to do these things. And those are the kind of people I want, you know, are used to, to hear from, man. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you having the courage to speak up, um, too. That's a big deal. Cause a lot of people, even when they figure that out and have that subway moment, then they just keep it to themselves. If anything. Yeah. Well, I almost did. I almost did. Honestly, yeah. like I yeah. was getting, I was doing this diet thing and I was just like, I hate this. Yeah. I like, I'm thankful that I got here, but I get, there was so much kickback even from my friends and things, but, and you know, weird looks. And this was, like I said, 2016 and paleo that that was new then. And I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. I didn't want to tell yeah. anybody about it. And then I just kept getting hit with these stupid food reactions and having, and then getting dumped back into like the hell that is having a, you know, psychiatric and an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Um, and then I'd come out of it and think, okay, I don't really want to talk about it again. And then I'd get sure, walloped sure, again. Sure, and I was like, yeah, oh, God. Sure. And it, at some point when I was pregnant, actually, and it wouldn't go away, I started writing about it on my blog because I was like, if there's anyone else who's experiencing these things, I don't want them to feel like alone. Yep. So it's like, yep. screw it. And then since then, I've been talking about it. And then when the carnivore diet thing got big, it was like, wow, yeah. that kind of skyrocketed everything. For sure. That's awesome, man. So, so this is a perfect segue right into to kind of these 11. And so kind of as you've gone through this journey, the very first question um, that, that the youth have, and again, so this came from 1500 youth ages 13 to 22. Right? Cool. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's super cool. And so they're, they're like, hey, when you ask operators, people that are making a dent in the world, um, you know, this is the advice we want to get from them. So the first one is really, it's just kind of who inspires you um, along the way? Who are the people that you look to and go, look, this person kind of helps keep me kind of helps keep me going. They're an inspiration or a mentor to me. Who helps keep me going? Well, my mom would be a big one. Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's family, right? Yeah. My mom, my mom was always open to trying new things by going with her instinct. And I always, and I think I undermined that to a degree because I thought, well, what, what's the reasoning behind your instinct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was always the type of person that, you know, kept notes and 
tried tried to just use logic to figure out problems, which it worked eventually. But sure. um, but I think I totally undermined how valuable your instinct is. Yeah. So uh, my mom, my dad taught me to tell the truth, like mm-hmm. no matter what. Yep. And that's been really big. And that's been really helpful with talking about some of these more difficult things. Cause it's like some, some things are so weird. Like, um, like one of the autoimmune reactions I had, it got bad enough that I hallucinated. I had a visual hallucination Yeah. and I was completely aware that it, like I saw something that wasn't there and thought, yep. okay, I just saw something that wasn't there. That is not good. Yep. But like, there's no way to talk about those kind of things without being completely on hundred percent honest because it's already weird enough for people to, for like, sure. they can't question whether or not for you're sure. lying. Like a lot of the negative articles I got were like, well, she really believes this at least. Like yeah. she's not lying. Yeah. 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 But- <laughs> yeah. She just, she's just continuing to hallucinate. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's so funny. And that's just doing that. The importance of sleep and all of this too. And the only reason it reminds me is because I'm, when we had our first child, um, we, she would go literally 24 hours at a time as a baby. Oh, with God. Sleeping, right. I mean, it was just like, she was trying to, she was trying her best to murder us as her parents as yeah. quickly as she possibly could. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, you know, of course still working and I was also getting an administrative credential for the state of California was doing all these things. So I was doing these long drives and I remember the middle of the night, only one on the highway coming back home and it'd been months into not sleeping. And I saw a giant cartoon baby in the middle of the highway and I literally and I swerved to try not to hit the giant cartoon baby right like it's you know things can get pretty freaking yeah I knew it wasn't real but yeah so it just reminds me of but you're not alone yeah no and like heavy stress too people Um, under a lot of stress like that'll make people crazy so yeah life is too weird to and too confusing and too complicated to lie about things. Yeah, I agree. I love that. And then our number one rule, we've got 11 rules in our house. And, and our number one rule at the very top is be honest and start with yourself with that. So yeah, start with that. yourself. Yeah, yep. I think that's great. So second question is around self-confidence. And so what do you, um, you know, and it's really a kind of an open-ended question. Do you, do you consider yourself someone that as you've gone through this journey, has there been an increase in your confidence as you've come out and you've become more of a, you know, in the public eye more. And so there's added elements of stress and things that come along with that. Um, have you seen your confidence rise in that? Is something you still work on? What does that journey look like for you? Um, so I've been lucky enough that I've always been a fairly confident person. And it wasn't until when I first started dietary changes and stopped taking SSRIs, I had like two years of extreme social anxiety kind of off and on with these reactions, which I'd never experienced before. I was always confident and social anxiety sucks. So um, how has, has anything changed? Um, I don't, I honestly don't think that being more in the public eye has changed my confidence levels. Um, Maybe physically it's been harder, like with the whole Instagram and pictures yeah, and yeah, yeah. as a woman, it's probably, I've probably taken more of a hit that way, yeah. but I'm still doing pretty well. That's awesome. Does that cause any anxiety yeah. at all? Or is there anything that's still like, you know, whether it's the Instagram, like, do you, do you do the, I took a picture and it's like, mm, you know what? I'm going to delete that one. I'm going to post that one instead. I'm going to do like, is there something? Oh yeah. Well, a hundred percent. Oh no, I definitely like, there's no way around that. And yeah. I would just say, like, especially for like women listening, particularly, but men too, yeah. is just be careful who you follow on social media Yeah, man. because you can get sucked into yeah. these. And this is really hard for teenagers yeah. too. Cause I see my cousins on Instagram and it's like, Ooh. if you follow a certain type of look, then that's what you aspire to be. And some of them are literally though. That's not what those people look like. Right. So, that's been hard, but I think everyone's had that problem just with social media. I don't really think that that's sure. been worsened um, because of being in the public eye or anything. Yeah, good. No, that's awesome. So this is kind of a, um, a little bit of a, of a funky switch, but it's cool to kind of see where, where this goes for you. So Acton Academy, you know, one of the biggest things about us when we're redefining um, what education we think should look like is we want our youth to have – 
uh, abilities that transfer into the real world. They're, you know, all of our youth are starting businesses at a young age, taking those into perpetuity. We want them to understand um, how to actually be financially literate. You know, I don't care if somebody is a whiz at calculus, but you know, yeah. they're dead broke, you know, later on in life and they don't know what's going on like that. That's not helping them. Congratulations. And something you could have Googled anyways. Right. So, yeah. um, real world, you know, kind of financial <laughs> advice is a big, is a big deal. So this one again, pretty open-ended, but what do you wish you knew at, you know, maybe 18 or 22, you know, coming out of high school or coming out of university that you wish somebody had told you from a financial perspective? Is there anything that, um, that, that you've kind of learned along the way that, that you would want to pass down in that regard? From a financial perspective? Um, well, this probably isn't a very interesting answer, but it's true nonetheless. Um, I didn't really understand how visas worked. And yeah. you would assume that people would know that, but I didn't really understand. I kind of thought free money. Yep. And I knew that like, okay, you you have a $1,000 limit, you yeah. use up the $1,000. Right. And I understood that if you didn't pay it back, that it would grow, that you'd yep. owe more and more. And I got that, but I didn't understand how that would affect your credit score For sure. and potentially screw you over in the future. For sure. And so no, yeah. Paying on those things. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you're right, dude, we're not... I remember my, I, the very first day on the college campus, man, I walked out and I had, it was like, um, I, dude, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, it was like, it was like hawks and it was like, I was or piranhas. Like I had all of these, you know, vendors were having this big day and all these vendors are running at me. They're like, you look like a responsible young man. You need a credit yeah. card. And I'm like, I'm exactly the same thing. Yeah. Right? And they just attack you and you're like, cool, man, you guys are all giving me money right now. Like, this is great. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I had just turned 18 and had like eight credit cards and I'm like, dude, Life is oh. so good after, you know, and that's just, that can be a downward spiral, man. Ooh, I didn't get it that bad. I only had one, but I immediately, you know, fill, filled it up and then didn't, <laughs> like I was okay. Yeah. Luckily I was okay, but yeah. I didn't know that how that was going to affect me. And some of my friends got hit really hard yeah. with their credit score later. Yeah. For sure. And I literally just had a conversation last week with uh, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless, who is, um, she's a little younger than me. So she's just under 40 and um, still working on paying things off and got herself to, I mean, still from when she was 18, you know, I mean, it's oh brutal. Yeah. yeah super. Brutal. So I would say credit no, cards, uh, credit score. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so the next question is around kind of hard work and, and it's a hard thing really to, to kind of define. So um, the way we ask it is if a young person was going to come to you and says, Michaela, I want to come work for you. Um, I want to come provide value for you and I want to work for, for everything that you are, you know, everything that you're doing. What do you want to see from that young person? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. That'll make you go like, yeah, okay. I'm willing to take a shot on this person. I'm willing to hire them. Um, okay. So I don't know if this is usual, but if I'm trying to hire someone and I've hired people before to work for me, yeah. I'm looking for somebody that I can give a general job to and I don't have to tell them exactly the steps they need to take to get there. Mm -hmm. So yep. if somebody comes to me and they say, you know, perhaps they don't have the proper education in a certain area that I'm looking for. Yeah. If they say I can learn whatever you want me to learn and I'm willing to, yep. that's good enough. Like I will learn whatever I need to learn to finish the task you are giving me. That, yeah. That's about it. And um, like the job that I'm, so my main job is actually running my dad's business. It's not this, food stuff. I do. I'm just trying to do that so that people know about it. Sure. But, um, so that's, that's the more difficult area. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the most successful people I've worked with are people I can give a task to and they figure it out. And these are, some of these are complicated things. Like right now we're working on, okay, translate some of my dad's content and put it up on a, let's say Mandarin social media channel. Yep. Yep. So that's, so Ideally, what I can do is just give that to somebody, give figure out how to do that. Yep. But it's a lot of steps. It's like, what content do you translate? Who do you use to translate it? Right. Like, what team do you hire to make the posts? Like, there are a lot of little steps, and it's not useful having someone who needs those steps written out, right? So, if, yeah, I mean, if you're going to take the time to to have to write those steps out, as you might as well player, do it yourself. You might as well do it yourself, yeah. right? I mean, that's exactly it. And you're talking about self direction, which is such a big deal. Like, you know, and in the most simplest terms, I, it's so much easier for me to say, hey, look, bake some chocolate chip cookies. 
Like that's what I want. Yeah. I don't need to go find the exactly. recipe for you. I don't need to go get all the stuff. I don't need, if you don't know how to do it, go cool. I mean, I'm not sure, but I will go find it because all the information's there. I can go figure it out and I'll make it happen. Give me this amount of time and I'm going to come back with some cookies. I mean, that's really what we're looking at. It's that self-direction part. And again, that's, you know, that is what we're all about for, for acting is teaching kids and providing them with the understanding of how to self-direct their own education so that when they do go in the work world, they're providing value, you know? Um, you know, and I talk about this all the time. My last, outside of building Acton Academy, you know, I've done, I've done a little over 300 keynotes over the last six years um, with Fortune 500s around the world, right? And worked with so many HR leaders and CEOs, and that is far and away the number one you know, I guess you could say complaint that they've got is that young people coming out of university and, and should be ready to go. They just don't understand how to, how to do that. They want the rubric. They want the step-by-step. -step, and as soon as that task is completed, then they sit down and then they wait and they're like, cool, I'll wait for my next direction. And then again, give me the rubric, yeah. for that, you know, and they're just, they're Oh hand. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not useful. And most people, right. like when, when you get far up there and start working with people who are making a lot of money and are, really good at their job they don't have time to do that kind of yeah. thing they don't have time to instruct you and i yep. mean like for for example and this is this is minor but um i need graphics done occasionally mm -hmm. and it's been faster just learning how to do graphics yep. than instructing someone step by step on exactly what i want yep. so if you're going to make your way into a company that's run by somebody who knows what they're doing and doesn't have a lot of time, you have to be pretty useful and pretty on it Very to be so. more helpful than they are to themselves, right? So good. So good, man. So true. And I like the lion, by the way. Thank you. It looks legit. It was great. And that's our, that's our, lo actually our logo right here too. We got it. Oh got, yeah. Yeah. We have lion, a lion. Lion's solid. I did get help with that. I did work with an artist, a couple did. of yeah. artists on that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you worked um, with some people on that, but yeah, it looks yeah. really good. It's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Super cool. Um, one of the, uh, one of the quotes, so I told you we have those rules in, in our house. And so one of those rules we took from Jocko Willink, you know, is the whole discipline equals freedom, um, oh, yeah. concept. And so, uh, the question number seven is what have you had to develop discipline around, um, whether that's in, you know, kind of the, the personal and physical health, whether that's in work and running the business, um, something that you've had to develop discipline around and you're like, look, I need to be disciplined and do this oh. every day, even though you didn't necessarily want to, but you know, it's kind of part of where you wanted to go. Um, so I've, I really like working and if I had it my way, I would wake up at like seven in the morning and then I would just be on my computer and work until 11 at night yep. and I would, wouldn't do anything else. Yep. And that, and then I would lose out on really important aspects of my life. Like my family, for yeah, instance, for sure. like that's so, um, something that I've had to learn is if I don't schedule in breaks, yeah. um, my work actually suffers. Yep. So I'll, so yeah, it's weird, but that's the discipline I've needed is, take time to like go outside and breathe or do some exercise or something, or you're actually not as productive as you are if you just sit there and work the whole time. So good, man. I resonate with that so much. And, and, um, you know, I've had those conversations before. It's like, I actually schedule in my family time and people are like, well, you make them, yeah, like, yeah you me too. Make them like this so, weird, yeah. like thing that you have to schedule. I'm like, no, I'm doing that so that I can make them a priority. Um, so that I make sure that there's nothing else because I always will have a million things to do. So I want to make sure yeah that I'm taking that time and making them a priority every single day. See, I resonate with that so much. Yeah. Weird, That's huh? Cause you'd think that that would be something easier to do, but it's like, I don't know the kick I get from uh, accomplishing things that are yeah. on my plate. Like I have everything I have to do is this big weight. Yeah. And so every time I take something off of that, but then of course that weight never goes away cause you come sure. up with more ideas. So what yeah, you, you need to schedule in breaks. Yeah. Gosh. Yep. Yep. So that's straight out of my, straight out of my brain. Um, so, uh, question number eight is my favorite. And this one may not, I mean, there's an obvious answer for you based on even just what we've been talking about, but maybe you'll have something else too. And so it's about the concept of kind of being, um, counter culture, uh, you know, in, in some way. So obviously there's an, you know, there's a very obvious answer counterculture in the way that you, that, that you have healed yourself too. But so the question is, you know, is there a piece of common knowledge that <laughs> everybody knows is true, but Michaela goes, yeah, it's not necessarily true. I'm glad everybody knows this, 
but I, I don't think that's necessarily true. And I, and I think, I mean, this is an obvious one, but I don't know if there's anything else too that jumps out. Um, yeah, well, the obvious one would be diet. Yeah, for is sure. It, is, it, is, it, is it, it actually matters yeah. what you eat and people don't pay attention. Like people take drugs, little tiny pills that have huge right. like, re bodily reactions and think, okay, that's okay. But like right. grains, for example, do the same thing to me. Like, right incredibly detrimental to your health to my health anyway um so yeah i would say diet has more to do with health than we think um and i'm completely anti i'm pretty anti-doctor so yeah. i would say just because you go to a doctor and they tell you something doesn't mean it's true yeah man so gosh we um it's a it's a constant, and I and I always preface this. My in laws are two of my favorite people on the planet. I'm just as you know, I'm I'm ridiculously close to them, and and my mom is close to them. So we've got a great family dynamic. But that is something that they it is. If a doctor said it, then it is a done then it is a done deal. I mean, whether they know yeah. it about or not, it is a done deal, and I will do exactly you know what what they say when they say it. So we haven't seen them in you know, months because the doctors are like, just make sure you guys stay inside and don't talk to anybody. And it's like, cool, man, you never see your grandkids. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 It is. And, or if you do a whole bunch of research and figure out something for yourself, it has to be confirmed by a doctor before it's actually true. It doesn't matter who the doctor is as long as it's a doctor. Yeah, for uh, sure. Well, and then you man. go fall into an even worse scenario now with the, and especially, I mean, obviously COVID has provided us a ample opportunity to look because then you've got platforms like YouTube that are censoring. It's like, okay, you have a, some doctors who are coming out and are saying, hey, yeah. look, take a look. And they're like, well, hold on a second. Follow doctors and follow science, but not those doctors with yeah, that yeah. science. You yes, know, yes. It's not them. They're the yeah. wrong kind of doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th th that's true. That's true. Because there are doctors, like, I don't have something against all doctors. That's yeah, not true. I yeah. just do find that people who go through medical school are generally more stuck to one idea because they've learned it for 10 years. Sure. Fair enough. Right. But there are doctors, and especially in this, like the paleo kind of sphere that really do know what they're talking about. Doc, you know, Paul Saladino is a good example. Sure. Ken Berry is a good example. He's Sean Baker, yeah. Like, yep. Although yep. he's a surgeon, so I don't have as much yeah, against yeah, yeah. It's not that same. category. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, and people don't realize how deep that is. And so I've got, and I, I I've had some uh, clients, uh, without naming the name of the organizations, um, that are very influential in the medical field, and I'm talking organizations. Um, and I have been there through a lot of their sales training of how they are taught to educate the doctors. Um, and it's education based yeah. on profit margin. It's not education based on education. So, you know, there is an element of that, that, that does play out. And one of the interesting things, um, you know, another interesting thing that we kind of discovered, we had our third, um, our third child. So I have two girls and, and then a little boy. And, um, when we had our boy, um, going back and forth with, with the midwives on a couple of things, they were very pleasant, but we were going back and forth on a few things. We're like, okay, well, um, you know, we started, got it, got into the topic of circumcision and, and they said, okay, well we won't, you know, just so you know, if you want to circumcise, great, we'll, we'll do it here, but we need to do it today. We're going to strap them down. And we're like, no, you know what? We don't want to do that. Um, we're actually going to, you know, take a look at maybe the eighth day. And she's like the eighth day after, oh, are you religious nuts? And I'm like, okay, religion aside, it, that, that has not on the eighth day, the children have the most vitamin K going through their system than they'll ever have their entire life. Right. And I'm like, that's just a medical, that's just a medical fact. And if you want to say, well, you know, you want to extrapolate and go, well, look, it also says that in the Bible. Great. If you don't want to look at that, great. I, I don't care. Um, you know, it has nothing. I'm not coming from that perspective, purely from a medical perspective. If you want to do it, that day makes the most sense. And she's like, what? And so that started, that kickstarted this whole conversation that she kept going out of the room, coming back in the room, asking more questions out of the room, back in the room. And she's like, Hey, by the way, um, go take a look in the hallway. And so I go look and there's six or seven nurses and doctors that are gathered around the computer and they're all Googling. She's like, you have them researching all of these things we've been talking about for the last 30 minutes. And they have no idea, you know, any of this stuff that we're wow. talking about. And it went down this and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but everybody's got access to a certain amount of information and it's just paying attention and, and being willing to use it. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting yeah. story. Yeah, man. Um, so question number nine, and this one just comes from um, kind of the thought that, well, okay, well, once you're in this certain 
league of individual and you know things are happening well then you've got life all figured out and um, you know we're always the first ones to say man everybody sucks at something everybody struggles some what's something that you're just like man, i just suck at this like i just i literally just suck at this oh well in regards to work i'm okay there's a certain way you have to manage people and a certain way you have to speak to people to not be like a dick yeah and i'm yeah. really bad yeah. at like i am so direct that it's actually rude and, in emails. So, and I've been like, it is like direct. I guess you can just say, it's not like I'm outward going, it's not I'm trying to be rude, but I'm so direct that it looks rude in emails and then you yeah. don't get the type of reaction that you want. Yeah. So I have somebody who is like the polite version of me. That's um, hilarious. So I'm not very good at managing people. I've figured that. So That's really funny. Um, you got the, you got the, uh, the Steve Jobs kind of uh oh it could be i don't know it's yeah. whatever it is it isn't good my husband uh is very very good um at it so he's kind of he does that he for me which is really good yeah that's awesome well it sounds it looks like from what i remember you've been watching a lot of disney movies lately too so hopefully those will help bring the bring the soft they are every time yeah. i'm like yeah. break yeah. Well, that was because, geez, my, my daughter, so she's almost three, she decided yep. to jump. She missed her nap because she refused to nap. Yep. So then she was running around like a drunk person. And she jumped <laughs> off the bottom stair, jumped off the stair, and landed like on her face on uh, tile. Uh, and there was just blood everywhere. Yeah, and so yeah. we all sat down after. She's fine. And she was fine. She, but it was a little stressful. So we for all sure. sat down afterwards for like <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's a cure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think any parent can relate to that story for sure. Yeah. Um, question number ten, and so down to the last, the last couple here. So, kind of the most important sentence or thought that you want to leave for your legacy. So it's it's either it's a quote that you, maybe you go to, or um, kind of a thought that you have that like if you were you know you knew you were going to die tomorrow and like hey you want to put this lasting thought quote saying whatever on my headstone. Um, so that everybody can remember that Michaela said said this and wanted to remind people of this. What would that be? Anything that sticks out for you on that? Um, like a couple of them, but I think the one and this is gonna, this might be messy, but something like um, <laughs> something like you don't have to live the life you were born into. Mm. Um, it, it'd be something like that. Um, because like one of the messages I'm trying to spread around with my like dietary health journey is that just because, just because people say you're stuck in a certain space doesn't mean you are, you actually have the responsibility, but mostly you have the power to remove yourself from that. So if you're, whether it's, you know, a job you don't like or a relationship you don't like or an autoimmune disorder you're not very fond of. Right. Like you have the ability to drag yourself out of that. Just research and Google yep. and read and talk to people until you find the answer because it's out there somewhere. For sure. Somebody started, you know, there is almost always somebody who started in similar circumstances as you and has already pulled themselves. Yeah. And if that is the case, there is a blueprint right there for you to yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's there. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And yeah. I, I don't think people realize how much of a pervading uh, thought or pervading issue that is for, for so many people. And of course, I've heard it from, from youth, from, from working in education for years and years. But more often than not, man, I hear it from parents. You know, it's like, well, this is just the way I am. And this is just the way yeah, I it's excuses. Up. And it's excuses. That's exactly it. It is I'm excuses. Saying. And I had those, like, I mean, some of them were bad. I had excuses like, I've got an autoimmune disorder. Right. That's a pretty solid excuse. Like, right. that is going to make you feel like crap all the time. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. but, sure. the, but you're not stuck with that. So it doesn't matter what people tell you you're stuck with. Yeah. There's a way out. You just have to search until you find it. So good, man. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and the the final question of the 11. So anybody that you would recommend uh, that young people, hey, take a look at this person. The message that they're sending out to the world is is really good. It's beneficial. And, and the best way I can pose it, I guess, is anybody else that you think would be good, like coming on the podcast and answering these questions for youth because you think they're they're providing some value. So anybody in particular that, that you like? Um. Yeah, there's actually one. I mean, my dad, I'd obviously throw sure. up there, totally. but 
but like him aside, um, I don't know. Do you know of Max Lugavier? I do. Uh, I do. L U G L U G A V E R E. Um, yeah. And I, but I can't remember. And I'm almost positive, honestly, that I follow him, but I'm trying to remember exactly who it is. He, he wrote something called Genius Foods and another book called Genius Life. And he obviously doesn't follow the carnivore diet, but he's uh, really, really good at making eating healthy cool to yeah. younger people. Very like cool. he and um his like his mom died of Alzheimer's, which he thinks could have been preventable by not eating a super super high sugar diet. Yeah. So um I would say check out Max Lugavier because he's not ridiculous. Like I'm saying, try an all beef diet if you have autoimmune disorders. That is far out there. Sure, but sure, Max sure. Max Lugavier is like, hey, if you could eat like don't eat you know grains when you could eat steak or fish or like he, he's just a little bit more reasonable. So yeah. Uh, so I and then approach that some younger people might not think. Yeah. So I think that's really cool, man. I love that. And I, I know, and you just mentioned that that was one of those things I learned from Rob, um, over the course of a, of a number of years. I remember him talking for a while about Alzheimer's from Rob Wolf and him talking about, um, there being some empirical evidence that, you know, you can consider it's like type three diabetes, type they're three kind diabetes. of calling it. Yes, yeah. man, exactly. So, which is an interesting thing too. That's a fascinating thing to, to take a look at. So, okay. Yeah. I'll take a look at Max too. So, so good, man. So where can people go to, to learn more about what you got going on and, and kind of follow along in, in your journey, where should people go? Um, so my website's michaelapeterson.com and that's M I K H A I L A Peterson. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram at Michaela Peterson. I'm on Twitter at Michaela Alexis. It's A-L-E-K-S-I-S. And on Facebook at The Carnivore Diet. But probably my uh, website makes the most sense. Makes Everything's sense. linked there. MichaelaPeterson.com. Yep. Super cool. And if you are anywhere near the Sacramento area in California, it looks like we're going to be probably early November. Don't have the exact date yet, but definitely um, check it out. Cause we know we're going to fill up the auditorium and I'm um, excited to have Michaela there and, and uh, hear a message there from the stage too. So, Hey, thank, thank you. you for taking the time to man. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Great to connect with you in person. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. There you go, man. Fascinating fascinating lady man so much wisdom that uh, that she's got there and, and uh, just a wealth of experience man it's really really cool great to connect great to hear her story and again you're going to want to hear uh, her speak here at TEDx Roseville and we have that going on as well so thanks for joining us uh, for another episode and uh, again please feel free share let people know let people know what we've got going on it all goes back to helping these kids uh, here in the Sacramento area so uh, until next time thanks again bye